Hi, I'm Jeff Hendrickson, and welcome to the Sage Warrior Gentleman Podcast, where we explore the three facets of the modern mature man and discuss leadership, chivalry, and style so that you can continue to bring your best to the world. Through interviews with men from all walks of life, some I've known and worked with in various industries over the years, you'll learn some valuable lessons about modern men and their struggles and triumphs. Hey, this is Jeff. How are you today? Um, Welcome back. In this episode, I'm going to talk about myself and some of the challenges that I've got right now. I have been challenged to record or write something every single day, and I honestly don't know if I can do that, but uh, let's, um, let's talk for a few minutes. So, I have been in the tech industry for a while. Um, if you listen to my, my intro, you know that I spent a lot of time in the fashion industry. I have two sons, two adult sons, 28 and 25, and I'm in a real transition period right now. Right now, I'm recording this from the bedroom I had when I was, I think, I think my dad and I built this bedroom for me when I was like 14 or 15 years old here in the basement of my house. In a big transition, um, spent 16 months working for GE Aviation, spent some of that time in an office in Washington, D.C., a uh, tiny little apartment in Washington, D.C. that I was paying like 1800 but with, you know, with utilities and everything, I was paying two grand for a tiny little apartment in Washington, D.C. It was convenient. Sold my car when I moved there. I had been living in Cincinnati previous to that as well. Sold my car because I didn't really want that expense and didn't really need it because it was a five-minute walk to the train, uh, the metro there in D.C. And on the train, just another 10 minutes to the office and uh, where I got out, another three-minute walk to the office. So it was easy. Didn't need a car. This morning, I filled out a credit application to buy another car because I need one. I'm here in Ohio now. Should be, I'm, I'm, I'm going through the whole clearance process right now, but I got offered a job and I can't say who it's with, but I will say that it's a, will be a pretty cool gig. And right now I'm doing work as a user experience architect. User experience is a really big thing in the tech industry and a lot of industries and essentially what we do as a, as a UX or a user experience person is we make sure that whatever we design and build is user-centric. We want to make sure that users get value out of it. And whether that's a website or whether that's an application that we are designing and building for a company, for their internal customers, we're the guys that make sure that this application is easy to use. So we do a lot of research. We interview a lot of people. Um, over the last 10, 12 years, I've been perfecting an interview process where I actually use a team to interview people. And I'll be doing that on this new gig as well. So, you know, again, in a, in a huge transition, I went and looked at some apartments in Columbus over the weekend, fell in love with a huge loft apartment in a really cool building right in downtown Columbus. Um, the job would be on the north end of Columbus. So I would have a commute, but I'm not the kind of, I, I, I don't want to live out there in the wilderness. I don't want to live out in the sticks. I spent enough time in, in New York City uh, and, and in Brooklyn that I just became a city guy. I got used to not having a car. 
So actually getting this car is, is a super stressful thing for me right now because I just, I don't want to have to have a car, but right now I do. So I'm staying lo as low budget as I can with it because I want to spend a little bit more on the apartment, but the apartment I'm looking at is a 1400 square foot loft with a bedroom a huge bedroom and a really nice bathroom in the loft upstairs and then downstairs another bedroom underneath the loft the kitchen is underneath the loft gigantic windows like 14 foot high windows the ceiling is about 20 feet high 22 feet high something like that and it's just a fantastic apartment it's 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 the way i like to live um I lived in a couple of super cool loft apartments, very similar, uh, in Cincinnati. And after having lived in those, I just, I really like that way of living more than just a regular boxy little apartment. I like the volume. I like the industrial feel. This one has like a polished concrete floor. It's got um, brick wall exposed and it's just super cool. I love to live like that. So, uh, fingers crossed on all that. As I said, I, um, I'm going through all the clearance processes right now. I have to do a video interview a little bit later where I answer five different questions. I've already answered the questions to the people who interviewed me. So, hopefully everything goes through okay. I can, I can get this car, I can get this apartment, and I can make this move. So, Here's one of the questions too, and this is the question that I posed to you today, and, and this is where all this is coming from, and that's this. How do you bet on yourself? What are you willing to do to bet on yourself, especially if it comes to money? So what I'm challenged with right now is I, is I definitely have to get the car. So, so the car is a done deal. I have to get the car. But for the apartment, what has to happen is I don't know if all these clearances are going to go through. They should, but I don't know 100% if these clearances are going to go through. And with the apartment, what I have to do in order to secure this apartment for two weeks, I have to pay 50 bucks for, I guess, the, I think that's the credit check. And then I have to pay $300 to hold the apartment for two weeks. If I get the job, everything is good and fine. I'll move into that apartment within the next two to three weeks. If I don't get the job, what I'm trying to figure out is if I'm out 350 bucks. So am I willing to bet on myself like that? Am I willing to lose 350 if absolute worst case scenario comes to fruition and I don't get the job? So that's a question to you too. Are you willing to bet on yourself like that? Are you comfortable enough in your skin, comfortable enough in your abilities, comfortable enough in who you are as a person that you're willing to bet on yourself like that? Something I've also been doing too, I've also been trying to build internet and e-com businesses for, for quite some time. I've had a little bit of success in a couple of them. Um, I didn't understand internet marketing the way I do now. I've been taking some courses. I'm just finishing up a 30-day challenge where you actually use what are called funnels, sales funnels. You may have heard of click funnels. You may not have heard of click funnels, but it's a pretty cool system. And there's a lot of learning 
that you do in this. And it's about marketing. It's about writing sales copy. It's about being comfortable. It's about finding a product that you can believe in. And I have several. I have a soccer training system that, that, that my son and I started building a long time ago. And I actually used this soccer training system to train my son. I, I started off coaching both of my boys in soccer when they were, when they were big enough to run. As soon as they could run, I put a soccer ball in front of their feet. <clears throat> I played soccer as a kid. Um, didn't play in high school because very few, very few high schools when I was growing up actually had uh, soccer teams. So I became a, a, a place kicker. I, I, I was a star place kicker on a high school here in Ohio and, and got a partial scholarship to kick in, in college and did that for a year and then gave it up. But... Um, the soccer training program that my son and I started building way back when, we actually turned into a course. And we give away um, a, a free starter kit. Um, I've now actually started marketing to parents because I stood on the sidelines. I went to tournaments all up and down the eastern seaboard, taking my son to these tournaments. Oh, I forgot to tell you that part. Because of the training system that I, that I built for him, we got him off the bench of a Division Three team. If you understand travel soccer, there are divisions like Division Five, Four, Three, Two, One. One is the division you need to, to, to get into if you want to have a shot at playing college soccer, which my son wanted. So based on this training system and based on me training him, we, uh, he got off the bench of a Division Three team, got onto the top-ranked uh, number one uh, D1 team in Virginia and actually got three college scholarship offers. So he and I are building this system out more and more. I am marketing this now to parents because I went to tournaments and I heard parents talking about the difficulty and is my kid good enough to get into college? He really wants to play college. I don't know if he's good enough to get into college. I heard Division three and Division two parents saying the same thing. He really wants to play D Division One, but I, you know, he, he tried out for one. He wasn't good enough. So this is who I'm marketing to right now. This is what I'm moving towards. But I'm doing several other things, too. Uh, because I spent so much time in the clothing industry, I have um, a couple of courses to, to teach men how to dress. I was in the menswear industry. I travel all around the world doing that. And so I have one where I teach men to dress. Um, I have... What's, I have bachelor survival guides, which teaches younger men how to turn into solid men, how to behave, how to treat people the right way, how to dress right, how to how to <clears throat> buy furniture, how to put art on the wall, how to how to do things to become a man, and several others. I don't need to go into all of them, but it's just the way my mind works. I I, I have always been like this. Everybody thought I was goofy because of all the ideas that I had when I was a kid growing up. But uh, when I went to New York City in 1982 to study at the Fashion Institute of Technology, all of a sudden, I had people around me who thought like me, who, when I put an idea out, would look at me and go, whoa, that's cool. Let's talk about that. I didn't have that growing up. Um, neither of my parents were creatives. I didn't have creative friends. And so I had no outlet for a lot of this. I thought I was just a complete whack job until I got to New York City and started talking to other designers and other people like myself who thought like that. 
So I started to get more confidence in myself. Uh, I graduated first in my class from the Fashion Institute of Technology in 1984. And I, since then, have traveled all around the world in both the clothing industry and in the tech industry. So let's circle back to that question again. Am I willing to bet on myself? Am I willing to call this agent today for this apartment and say, let's go. Let's rock and roll. Here's my 50. Here's my 300. I'm going to bet on myself that everything is going to be fine, that I am going to get this job uh, that will be a great experience for me, and that I can move into this apartment within the next two or three weeks. So that's my question today. So now, let's think of it this way, too. Um, you've probably heard my interviews with several of my friends and several of these men that I know and have gotten to know. You've heard some of these interviews. And you hear the way I ask them questions. So what would you say to me if I came to you and I, and, and I said, I don't know what to do here. I don't know whether I should pay this money and bet on myself this way and be willing to lose this money or not, what would you say to me? Would you ask me why I'm hesitant? Would you ask me why I think that one of my clearances might not go through? What would you say to me? Think about that and think about this in... in in the context, perhaps, of a friend who might come to you. you. You also know, again, if you listen to the interviews, is that one of the one of the final questions I ask every man is, if you were to mentor a younger person, what would that area be? Where do you think you could have the strongest effect on a younger person if you were to mentor them? And you've heard quite a few different, different answers to that um, when I ask that question. So, Think about this in terms of your own life. If someone were to come to you, if someone were to look up to you as a mentor and as somebody with um, that kind of experience, what would you say to them? How would you how would you mentor them? You know, some of the men who have who have answered this question have said, you know, I don't give anybody advice. I just I feed things back to them. So think about me again for a second. Should I bet on myself? How would, you, how would you guide me in helping me make that decision? It's a decision I'm probably going to have to make today. So I'm going to have to figure this out one way or another. Um, I have a couple of friends I could, I could definitely call on this. Um, so there you have it. Let's, let's let it go at this today. Um, we're at about 15 minutes of, of me talking and sharing some of these experiences with you. So, so embody this. Ask yourself these exact same questions. Look at both sides of the fence. Would you be willing to bet on yourself in certain circumstances or certain situations? And how would you help someone who's asking you that question? How would you mentor someone who says to you, I have a really big decision to make, and I'm not sure exactly which way to go. All right. So uh, we'll cut it off at that. Thanks. This is Jeff signing off. I appreciate you listening to me. As always, be well. So thanks for joining us for this episode of the Sage Warrior Gentleman podcast. And remember that you can join us and get a free guide over at sagewarriorgentleman.com. 
We'd love to have you join our conversation and please help us spread the word if you feel this could help someone you know and care about.